Welcome, Airgun Geeks. This episode, we're back. Hey, yeah. Bill, how you doing? Fantastic, Patrick. Wow, you're looking it's a little thinner stopped. in the face. It's finally stopped <laughs> raining here in California for a little bit, and uh, and the earth has stopped sliding around, and uh, we actually have somewhat reliable power and internet again, but oh, uh, we're all good. We're all good. Nice sunny day today. Good, good. Yeah, I heard everyone was trans getting around by boat. I don't know. That was a rumor going around on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's the dang mudslides that are such a pain in the ass. Um, they really get, uh, you know, they've blocked so many roads up here that getting just getting to the store is a, is an adventure, you know. <laughs> well, I guess there's no more drought and your lakes are all full, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, a lot of the reservoirs are pretty well full up, but uh, I think... We would need a couple more winters like this to get to get rid of the drought condition. I don't think one winter will do it, but um, it does. You know, it has been really great for for all the plants and the animals and everything else to get uh, get a good soaking. So, good. No complaints here. Well, that's good. That's good. All right. So, what have you been up to? I ain't seen you in a while. Well, that's interesting that you ask that because a lot of people have asked me that. Um, you know, I had uh, I had temporarily put uh, the Target Forge website on life support, and I needed. Uh, you know, I had uh, gotten to a point where I wasn't getting enough income from Target Forge to sustain things out here. So I had to uh, rejoin the workforce and the job that I took is a pretty demanding job. And I, I really didn't want to try and do, you know, both at the same time while trying to understand what the demands of this new, new job were. And, you know, I'm glad I did it that way. I'm glad I kind of slowly brought target forge back online and it, it, the the site is live right now. I haven't really announced it. I've kind of let it get out. Um, people started hitting it, and then more people started hitting it. And, uh, you know, I had gotten so many messages, emails, comments on YouTube, uh, Instagram messages, like, where the heck are you? I need parts for my compressor. Um, and I was like, you know, just, just sit tight. I'm not... I'm not leaving completely, but uh, I need to take a break for a while, and uh, and that's what we did, and it uh, it's good it, overall. I'd say it uh, it was definitely a plus, and uh, the the stuff that's on the site that you'll find on the site now is stuff that I actually don't have to physically make, um, and once all of the powder-coated targets are sold, the stuff that I already have powder-coated, they're going to be sold in the white, which basically means uh, no paint. So you can you can buy them, you can bring them home, you can paint them whatever color your heart mm -hmm. desires. Mm -hmm. And you're still going to get the great durability and the fun designs that Target Forge is famous for. Um, but I'm out of the finishing business because, um, honestly, that was a big investment, the powder-coating line. Uh, for this stuff and it needed to go when uh, when the business slowed down so um, no more powder coat but still still really high quality metal and um, 
and we've got some interesting stuff in the works for both Target Forge and uh, and the YouTube channel. I uh, I recently uh, acquired a CS3, and I know I've been uh, pretty vocal about not liking those. As <laughs> yeah. And I really thought I I you know I get so many questions in the comments on the YouTube channel like well why don't you just spend a little more and get the cs3 i'm like you're not you're not getting the message um the cs2 is simple it's small it's more portable it's everything about it is better and uh and getting that message across i think is going to be better served with me actually getting one on the on the young hang hot young hang hot rod shop and then and then taking it apart talking about it and covering those topics so so that's coming up, and we've got some other cool stuff coming up for the YouTube channel that I think people will like. And Target Forge is restocking with uh, more parts for the GX compressor line. So there's plenty of stuff on there right now, and uh, more is on the way. So we will continue to be your source for GX compressor parts. W what is really funny, uh, the when you order a GX compressor now on Amazon, you get this message from the seller. And uh, and it's just, it's priceless what, <laughs> what he's trying to say and um, and how awful he says it. I mean, I, he, he speaks more languages than I do, so my hat's off to him. But uh, it, it's just like he tries to to make a sales pitch that you don't need to lubricate it anymore on the inside, and I'm like, you're you're crazy if you think you can have a mechanical device that operates under those pressures and loads and not not lubricate it regularly. But he he you know he's very clear. He talks about getting you a year out of your compressor, and that's their expectation. You know, they want it to last for the duration of the warranty. And then after that, um, you're a wealthy American. You go buy another one <laughs> and replace it in a year. And you know, a lot of us, a lot of us air gunners just aren't into that mm -hmm. that mode of consumerism. We'd really like to, you know, if we can just put a little bit of regular maintenance into it and uh and have something that lasts uh, it it's time well spent to me um some guys don't feel that way some guys will you know throw mm -hmm. it in a trash bag, go get another one and that's fine um there's plenty of plenty of compressors that'll end up in the trash pile out there um but i like this one because it is serviceable and because uh because there is a path forward but and anyway. there's no excuse because you got a video on how to take it apart so the intimidation yeah. factor should be gone. Absolutely. I absolutely. mean, it's I, funny because you, know, you do a video like that. And then like the one where I put the, uh, the elapsed time meter mm -hmm. on the compressor and, you know, inevitably the question is, well, what's the service interval? You're, what do you recommend for the service interval? I'm like, I'm, I'm just the guy uh, that, that has one of these two and I'll, you know, I'll do my best to come up with a, a service interval, like X amount of hours do this. But, you know, people need to understand that it's just me guessing. Uh, the manufacturer doesn't have much interest in uh, yeah. in getting that data the way it would normally be done, right? I mean, normally, if this was a, 
if this was a, a big boy company, you would uh, you'd go run that and then you would you would run it to death and then you'd run it with regular service and see what what extends the life. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's really in their interest to extend the life. So um, maybe we'll have to do some tests like that in the future and uh, and come up with that data in a real way. But that costs money. You know, I, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that means me. You know, getting compressors and and uh, and running them and analyzing their failures and that's that's a, not an inexpensive thing. So you know, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We are going to give away the one that uh, our friend the uh, the hawk guy uh, gave to the channel a while back that we were going to give away. We we're still we're still going to give that away. It is. It's totally tricked out. I mean, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not a not a stock test too. So that that one's going to be coming. Uh, that, that giveaway video is uh, already written and it's uh, about half done. So we'll get that underway. And uh, that's really the status of Target Forge and and where I am right now. And uh, I I have to admit, Patrick, I haven't been shooting very much this winter. Mm. It's just been, I mean, it's been wet. It's like for for a good part of this winter, we just had continuous rain. And when it wasn't raining, the range was wicked muddy. And, uh, you know, I somehow I found one of my really good field target targets up in another field. And I'm like, how in the hell did this get up here? I didn't move. <laughs> no idea. Mm -hmm. But. It was like a $75 uh, field target target and it's just sitting there next to some, next to some horse supplies. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? But anyway, um, that needs to be cleaned up and, uh, and put back out. It's really, it's really cool. It's a self resetting field target target. Oh, okay. Okay. Out, so out in the it. elements kind of out. Or yeah. Just... Oh. Well, it's self resetting. So when you hit it, uh, you see it, the action of the movement, and then it because it's right near its tipping point, it arcs back, so it goes flat, and then it comes back up. But you oh. have to hit you have to hit it right on the target button in order to get that to do that. That's um, pretty cool. So, yeah, I've always used that as my far target, like my fifty-five yard target for practicing for uh, for field target, because I don't have to have a string on it. And when you get a string that long, it's kind of a pain. So you just have self resetting. You just made me think of something. What's that? What if it goes back and hits a button, and a little re remote signal comes back and lights up a light, or a and you know you got it. Yeah, that's um, you know, all of those things are possible, <laughs> uh, but making them waterproof and uh, and tolerant of the environment that that they're in, that's the real trick, right? Oh. That's where the that's where they get expensive, but uh, yeah, all that stuff is possible. It's only money. <laughs> there was a guy here on the West Coast. Um, he uh, is actually one of the dominant shooters in mm -hmm. the West Coast uh, field target game, but he came up with a electronic self-resetting uh, field target apparatus, and it basically it clipped on all of the inexpensive um, field target targets from like Gamo and places like that, this this 
device just clipped onto those. And when they got knocked over, the the servo in this thing would reset the target and it would make, you know, any one of a dozen programmable animal noises. Um, so if you had a chicken, you can have it make a chicken noise. And we tried it at a field target match. And I'll tell you what, a bunch of grumpy old men just did not accept that that new <laughs> newfangled thing. They were like, oh, it makes too much noise. I can't concentrate. I can't blah, blah, blah. And it was, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, this is um, almost as bad as ham radio. Um, you know, you get a lot of grumpy guys in, in the ham radio world. And uh, turns out Field Target's got its share, too. <laughs> That's not that, there not that there aren't some great people in Field Target. I mean, there there really are. Uh, but there are some uh, some grumpy gusses there, too. Some I guess people you don't like change. <laughs> That's find all. that anywhere. But yeah, he actually had a pretty good, uh, pretty good design. And uh, I don't know what he ever did with it. He did talk to me about um, productizing it and, uh, and taking over manufacturing of it. But then he went dark and I never heard from him. So yeah. anyway. Well, well, while you're gone, I found an interesting little uh, speaking of electronic toys. Uh, it's called the Bada Bing. Or Bada Bang. Bada Bang. I'm sorry. It's Bada Bang. I keep saying Bada Bing because of a movie. But uh, it uses your cell phone. So you could do different stuff. And then you could be on your end of the world. I could be on mine. And we could have a little competition together. It's a pretty neat little thing. I'm not following you. Yeah. So it's got four targets in it. It's put out by Air Venturi. Um, and there's different types of competitions that you can do. And it's all through your cell phone. And it's so it's Bluetooth, but it's mm -hmm. using the program. Uh, so it's an app. So then you would have the same app and it would be like fastest one to shoot the four paddles would win kind of thing. But okay. you could be in, you're in California. I'm in Ohio and we could play together. Hmm. Like, oh, look, I beat you there. You know, you'd probably need a video phone or FaceTime or whatever. Or you could just watch the app because it goes back and forth. Nice. It's it's a pretty cool little thing. I was like, hmm, I wonder how much fun that would be and how many have been out there because I learned about it not too long ago. Do you say that's uh, that's by Air Venturi? By Air Venturi, yeah, called the Bada Bang. I think it's I, – I can't – don't quote me. I think it's like about 60 bucks or something, 50 or 60 Oh, I'm going to quote you on it, Patrick. I'm going yeah. to write that down right now. Well, I don't work there. <laughs> I just saw it on a passerby. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I'll have to look in the net thing. So. That's Maybe Air Venturi will send us two of them. We can play with them across the country. Who hmm. knows? If only we knew a guy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, so that's that's good. How how are you health wise? Are you are you good that way? Family good? All that? Yeah, we're we're surviving. Um, you know, I uh, I've definitely uh, rekindled. I you know I, I know I've told you this before, off the podcast, but. Um, after my stroke, I, uh, I had gone down about a hundred pounds and felt really good. Um, was definitely moving around easier, a lot less inflammation. I have arthritis really bad and I was feeling really good. And then, man, this winter, I just don't know what the heck happened, but, um, you know, it, I really put on a large portion of that weight on again. And I need to focus on getting that off. 
And uh, that's that's my goal for this year is to uh, get a lot more serious about uh, about my diet and what I'm how I'm electing to fix that. So, um, yeah, as far as health wise, that that is definitely a priority for me this year. Yeah, I agree with you on the weight thing. I, I seem to have found it somewhere or you decided <laughs> to send me some. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, I need to get back down to where I was. Like, I want to get like right around 190 or so. Mm. Right now I'm oof, right around 220. Oof, God. Yeah, I had a leg that weighed 191. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, all right. Well, that's uh, that's good that things are coming back on the up cycle here uh, yep. and doing well. Uh, I'm excited to see Target Forge back up. I know a lot of other people are. I've gotten uh, I've gotten a, f a number of emails asking, how's Bill, and have you heard from him, and what the heck is going on with Target Forge? And mm -hmm. I was like, just be patient. He's he's on a sabbatical in the mountains somewhere yeah. trying to Fair. figure out who Bill is, you know, or something. I don't know. He needed a break from life, like some of yep. we all do at times. Very much true. So it's good, to, it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. Well, thank you. Uh, all right. Um, where have you been? I have been all over. So a lot of people may know, and then those that don't, a uh, year ago, last July, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and that journey started. So she went and had to have uh, a double mastectomy and reconstructive and all this other stuff. And we've been all over the place medically, uh, with infections and non-infections and all that jazz. Um, along with other things going on, you know, with our kids and then myself and whatnot. Um, so I want to say, I want to thank everyone for who's reached out asking, how are things? And Hey, we're praying for you. I hope everything's well and, and whatnot. I've thoroughly missed the podcast and doing these because this is a good way for me to like disappear from everything and Heck just, yeah. just talk about this and, you know, bust each other's boys, learn things laugh, mm -hmm. sometimes cry about things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but I think we're coming pretty much at the top of all the, I'll call it bull malarkey. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, things are, things are well, there's a lot of big opportunities that are putting, pointing their head out, poking their head out, I should say for 2023. So we're just trying to figure out how to navigate that. Um, Bonnie still has one big surgery to do, and then that should be it for uh, reconstructive. And then we should be done, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> um, as far as uh, the podcast, we're going to keep doing every other week for a while and mm -hmm. see what's uh, see how that works. It seems to be best for right now. I want to try and get a, a rhythm going again. Um, right. So like we always say, we're always asking for topics. Uh, if you want to come on the show, just email me and we'll have a little chat and, and, and go from there. You know, we've had regular air gunners on the show. We've had, you know, big wigs, high rollers, you know, like PJ Clark oh, yeah. from Wisconsin air gunner, um, the Wisconsin air gunner, the, the yes, the, um, <laughs> uh, I've got to meet a lot of the other up and coming, uh, different influencers, if you would, 
Um, mm-hmm. I started watching one a lot more, and I love his name. His name is Moose from, mm-hmm. uh, Air, was it Air Guns of Michigan? Yeah. And he partnered with our friend, it looks like, with Tom up at uh, High Pressure Pneumatics. And some very interesting stuff that we'll be talking about that Tom has a hold of. And that it's got Bill and I like, what is that? But we'll get to that in a second. I, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll scout that out here in a second. Um, ah, I see so what I did there. there. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so with all of that, I mean, I'm doing well, you know. Um, uh, just excited for the new year, the, the springtime. I'm, I absolutely am tired of winter and white mm-hmm. cold snow. I myself short of a little bit at work, haven't shot. I'm my, my guns are miraculously cleaned though, you know, <laughs> but I got nowhere to shoot short of the garage and that fantastic trap you sent me, um, makes a nice ding sound all the time. Um, but other than that, you know, things, things are finally looking up. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, all right. So up and coming topic. The big thing that everyone's talking about is what bill shot show. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the coverage from shot show has just been, um, Really, really good. And I, I do want to take a moment and give some special kudos mm-hmm. to PJ Clark, the Wisconsin air gunner, because he seemed like he was he was uploading segments after every day that he was on the floor at Shot Show. And I don't know how many of you have ever been to Shot Show, but it is freaking enormous. Just the scale of that show is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I told, I talked to PJ uh, as he was coming back from the shot show and I asked him, I said, how did you have somebody editing for you? Because I don't know how in the world you <laughs> were know. able to, you were able to shoot on the floor at shot show and then at night get your editing done. And it seemed like he was uploading them in the morning before he went back out. And I like, you know, hats off to you, brother, because you really put it out there for the air gun community. Um, and if you're not subscribed to PJ's channel, uh, you need to be the Wisconsin air gunner is, is his channel on YouTube. And it's uh it's a lot of fun. PJ's a great guy. And um, while you're there subscribing to that, uh, subscribe to target forge too. And the air gun geeks also, Correct. we have a channel on there as well. And we upload this very podcast. Uh, to both channels, both the Target Forge channel and the Air Gun Geeks podcast. So do take the opportunity to uh, subscribe to both of those and keep up with our content going forward. And also uh, give uh, give PJ Clark a nod and say, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for the great shot show coverage. But um, yeah, some of the stuff that they covered there, um, there's some fun stuff coming out this year, Patrick. Oh, yeah. And and. The, the thing that's really got me, like, I want to play with it because, like I hinted earlier, Scout Air Guns, mm. which Scout has been in the paintball. S-K-O-U-T, right? S-K-O-U-T, correct. They're out of Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly. And they have been in the paintball 
game business for oh, like 30 years, right? I mean, it's a long at time. Least, yeah. And not just in the paintball industry, but a leader, a leader in technology for, for paintball. And for those that don't know, paintballs are not a radical departure from um, these air guns that, that we all love. They're, they're doing very much the same thing, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're talking like, I just had a conversation with someone not too long ago. Uh, well, what, well, what about day state and their electronics? I go, hold on, hold on, hold on. How many pellets does Philip Hepler shoot a year? A lot, maybe 10,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, that's an air gunner, a paintballer in speedball shoots on, I think it's right around a million shots per year. Wow. It's just constant. I don't think that, I, I don't know how it does it, but it does it. But that's all, they're all running off a of high pressure air. And those are solenoids firing it with a double finger trigger. Just, just look up speed paintball. Scout makes the guns. They got the electronics, the triggers, the switches, the springs, everything. They're number one, number one in that in that arena. And now and I, I would like to I'd like to pause you there for a second. My from what I can see of the Scout uh, Epic design, that the the fundamental core of that is mechanical. It's only the the pulse of air that gets the whole process started yes. that is electronically actuated. Whereas it seems to me the entire shot cycle on the day state is up to those electronic solenoids. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying one is good or one is bad. But what I really appreciate about the Scout design is that it is the the shot cycle is dependent on the physics of the airflow and it's super repeatable because of that and that's that's what i really appreciate about their design and i really can't wait to get my hands on one yeah i might have to, might have to look around the herd here and uh, <laughs> get rid of some stuff to make that happen i i saw a video there is one moving part on that whole gun and that is the firing valve. So if I remember right, it's all electronically controlled, but they use a very low pressure because of the size of the return piston. And it opens like 45 thousandths of an inch. It's some crazy thing. And, and, the, and the transfer port is huge. But there's a yeah. video out there. Um, a good video to watch is... Airguns of Michigan with Moose and Tom, and they give a quick overview and a little bit of in-depth on the gun. Mm -hmm. um, but the goal is to get the, the gentleman from Scout and even probably one of the engineers on the podcast because the thing is so serviceable that, one, they gave you the proprietary valve tool. Mm -hmm. Who does that? They give you all of the Allens, but I think one, to take the whole darn thing apart. You need a socket to pull the cartridge out, which is actually your regulator. And you can, and there's a high reg and a low reg. Everything's color coded, just like paintball. And 
Even if you have a leak, they said, you won't notice it in your shots. Hmm. And, and the battery, I think they said... They You'll could, probably notice it when you run out of air. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's so low pressure, it's ridiculous. So, right. I mean, just, just there's so much there that I don't want to go into it too far, but that's just a few things I learned watching Moose's channel. And I'm like, that's cool. And the power they're getting out of them, and I think there's only two barrels. There's a 600 mil and a 835 mil or 800 mil barrel. And it goes from, uh, I, I'm going to say 22 to 9 millimeter or 35 caliber. I thought they had a 177 on their Do website. They, they might. Yeah, okay. I thought they did. I know that he mentioned in one of his interviews, um, I'm not sure who it was with. It was somebody at SHOT Show. He talked about them having a challenging time making 22 caliber barrels. For some reason, that that was something that was that was challenging for them. And I don't, I don't. He didn't get into what the difficulty was, but he did say that the the 22 caliber barrels were were challenging. But um, you know, I, as you know, Patrick, I'm not, I'm not really about the pursuit of power because I like my quiet, mm -hmm. very accurate air guns for for that reason. And, you know, for me to get something that is um, in a in a accuracy class that is day state or FX like uh, that's that that jazzes me up. I mean, I I can uh, I could see myself uh, getting one of those and I, I would like to believe that it's, um, you know, being the environment that a paintball gun has to live in day in, day out. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think this could be a pretty reliable and durable air gun platform for us if they had 30 years to perfect all of that. And uh, you were telling me the dang thing talks to you. Is that what's yeah. going on? With so it's fancy because their 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 paintball guns also talk, and you can turn it off. But you were calling it the. I can't do that with my wife, Patrick. I, well, I tried. Maybe the new ones that are coming out. They frown on it. <laughs> But no, the thing talks, and it's funny because uh, I, I I watched it when uh, when Moose turned it on, and he says, "So is it epic or epic?" And it turns it on, and it says, "Welcome to epic." So it tells you its darn name, hmm. you know. But us English, you know, Americans, which is handy because obviously they're they're very challenged at spelling at Scout Air Guns. Um, I know well, it's, it's that Dutch Pen <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch, you know, ah, is that <laughs> it's, it? it's, okay. you know, whatever Which, you want to call it. The Pennsylvania Dutch are actually Germans, but they were misunderstood. But there you go. But yeah, it talks to you, you know, so it tells you exactly what it does. And it even tells you I'm turning off, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. You know, but uh, it's, I don't know. Now my overall, my overall just for 30 miles, 30,000 feet view on the thing. I'm thinking it's not maybe too much of a walk around gun. Just looking at it. Why not? What's what's Patrick's uh <sighs> idea of a walk around gun? Oh, well, you know like a Leshy or uh FX Wildcat or a Bullpup of some sort whether it be a Type So it's got to be small and light. Small that's, and light. Yeah. The thing looks light, but it also looks huge. I swear we're going to see it on like Star Wars or something. Because that's hmm. what it looks like. 
Um, but they say it's not too heavy. But is it a bench gun? That's where I'm thinking. Bench, maybe speed shooting kind of thing. I don't know if I'd want to be walking around with it. I don't know yet. I haven't even touched it. So that's my 30,000 foot view and opinion. But uh, I do want to play with it. Mm, I do. The question that someone asked me is, will it replace your impact for shooting slugs? Okay, so my my answer to that, (laughs) right now, Scout doesn't have slug barrels. So no, (laughs) Mm. they're working on it. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you knew, it comes with three barrels. Yeah, I saw that. It comes with a neutral, a plus thousandth, and a, and a negative thousandth. And their Nikon, Nikon Boron? Nitride. Nitride. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. With a with a Teflon uh, embedded in there, too. And it really is a form of parkerizing, I believe, okay. if I understand their process. Yeah. And their carbon fiber are permanently put on, too? From what we can tell, parkerizing as a as a finish on guns that was you know famously on the 1911 for a long time, they were all parkerized. And what's beautiful about that finish is that it readily accepts oils and things like that, like because uh, it's kind of porous, mm-hmm. but it's also ridiculously durable. Um, so I think that's how the, how they get the Teflon in there. Um, but that that is really cool. I'm um, I'm intrigued to to try one and see how it does with with letting versus my FX barrels. I'm not really very happy at how quickly my FX barrels tend to let up. Um, and I'm using, you know, JSB pellets. not like I'm hmm. putting junk through them. Um, but I do see it after about, uh, you know, it, it takes four or 500 shots through there. And then I start to see my groups open up and then it's time to time to clean that and which I should be doing anyway. And I'm, I'm inherently lazy, but, uh, I would like to see that scout barrel and how it, uh, how it does in terms of, uh, interval between cleanings. Yeah. Oh, only time will tell. Yeah. So, and I think what's the going rate, I think they're like 2950 or something like that. 2750. Yeah. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Inflation, I think they said in the one shot show video, increased it a little bit. Well, you know, they're, they're going to sting <laughs> uh, when you have to plunk down that money for one. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I say I might have to go through the herd here and, uh, and uh, give up some, give up some safe queens that haven't been getting a lot of use. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely try one. I'd like to. I'd like to play with one and see what they're all about. Um, I also see that um, there's a lot going on at Element these days. Yes. Uh, yeah, some really interesting things. Uh, that electronic scope, which you you have actually been uh, kind of, at least out of the two of us, the avant garde on the prismatic scopes mm-hmm. and uh, and using those. And it looks like Element has increased that eye relief quite a bit on theirs, which to me was a, was a serious downside for um, the previously available um, scopes in that, in that world. But, you know, they're, they're definitely a radical departure from what we're all used to 
like like the one in this photo up here mm -hmm. um you know they're not like that they're not uh they're not the same but <clears throat> the ability to upload your ballistics to that scope and then feed in data from a rangefinder automatically and it will adjust the point of aim for you mm -hmm. that that is crazy i mean you know that's that's one of the more challenging skills right i mean i won't say anybody can get an accurate gun lay down on a bench and and print nice groups you know provided the wind is not kicking their butt but to be able to have that variable distance and still be able to hit that target reliably that that is really cool did you um, know you can draw your own reticle bill yes I'm like, yep. whoa that was that was interesting in itself I, I think it's called the hyper seven yeah if i remember correctly yep so and a lot of new stuff going on with the helix too the the helix has got an upgrade uh for illumination and hd glass yep which is pretty is it hd glass hd yes yeah it's, yeah. The, it's the hd model uh, again wisconsin air gunner pj's doing a, a review on it uh, so that's mm -hmm. out already it's pretty neat um i think it's a four to 16 by i'll tell you i i would i would very much like if if anybody from the field target community has tried one of these um, if they could come back to us through the Facebook group or through email or whatever, and let me know if it if it pops better uh, in focus than the original Helix, the one that went up to 24, uh, because that's one thing that I've not really been all that enthusiastic about with the Helix, the original Helix that I got. Um, that focus doesn't you know when, when i say pop i mean you're you're turning the parallax wheel and you get a really sharp jump in in visual acuity when you get to the right mark on that ring like you your your focus the delineation between in focus and out of focus is a very very small area so that you have no doubt that you're right because sometimes mm -hmm. if it's too if it's too soft especially at the longer ranges where the marks are closer together you you just don't get that you know mm -hmm. yeah that's that's the focus because i know my eyes will often uh fool me they'll correct it for me and i'll have a measurement error on my range and it'll lead to a missed shot in field target so if anybody from field target has tried the new hd glass helix i'd really love to hear about your experience and uh, i know that when you hear matt talk about it it's more of a i guess it's more of a hunting glass than than anything um and i know one thing i like about the 24 power helix four field target is that you're not at the upper edge correct of that range whereas with the the four to 16 you're you're going to be at 16 um but if the hd glass is really good maybe that's you know that's okay but uh, i'd love to hear back from somebody if they played with it yeah and then and then you got the uh the theos 
oh. that fancy thing we saw at our Mac. <laughs> that thing. Yeah, is that cool. you know when you're when you start talking about a a three thousand dollar optic, man, that's uh, that's a world I've not lived in yet. I and I you know I know that there's <laughs> like <clears throat> the first year I went to Shot Show. My buddy is one of the premier gunsmiths in Pennsylvania. I uh, used to build um, incredible bench press guns with like ridiculous paint jobs on them. And they were, you know, twenty-five to $30,000 bench press guns for fire burners, powder burners. Um, he's like, oh, well, you know, come over here and check out the Schmidt and Bender booth with me. And I'm like, Schmidt and Bender, who's that? He's like, really you don't you don't know i'm like no i've never seen schmidt and bender at bass pro or wherever he's like no no no. you you won't ever see them there because i think their stuff starts at like three or four thousand dollars and goes up to 20 you know it's just it's a whole nother world you're not shopping there um you're not going to go to the big box store and see see their product but um i know the theos owes a lot of its uh internals a lot of its design uh to those really classic german optics and that that is super cool um but i have to say uh as an air gunner um that has to have some kind of a budget that's a <laughs> lot of money that's a whole nother gun <laughs> yeah exactly With I optics mean, you know and i i don't know how i feel about it i mean i You know, is that quality of glass really going to make you a $3,000 better shooter? Maybe. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's like racing where you spend an inordinate amount of money on that last 5% of performance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's where it gets really expensive. Maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. I think they're just putting their feet in the pool of firearms. Is it is it a great scope? Absolutely. I mean, you and I have looked at it. It it is incredibly good. The light gathering on that thing is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The crispness of the image. It's like it looks better than real life when you look at stuff through that scope. I mean, how do you do that? Uh, it's it is really really good. Um, and hats off to them for being able to to bring that to the marketplace. I agree. I should put it on my sub 12 foot pound gun. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It would be perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Um, so speaking about distance feet per second and whatnot, I saw mm. a little blip, a little a blip. quick little blip video of the secret thing Frederick was walking around with. And it's Frederick's got a name. Toy. Frederick's, Frederick's toy. toy. That's, yeah. that's that's what we all called it at Armac. Well, it has a yeah. name now. And and to put that in perspective for those that didn't catch our coverage of Armac this past year, um, Frederick was walking around with this thing when people were shooting and kind of gathering all their ballistics on their gun. And, you know, he was just showing off his toy. And it was so cool to watch that thing work. And I'm like, wow, I really can't wait for this thing to get productized. And here it is. He said he could tell if you were shooting pellets or slugs. Right at that oh, point. You could see the BC. You could see the BC. I mean, yep. 
a pellet's going to show up like a sore thumb uh, when you start measuring DC. <laughs> so, so the thing is called the True Ballistic Chronograph, and it mm. uses the FX Radar app, which, by the way, they just have a new version come out. And I hear this is a, it's a different app for this product. Nope, same app. So really? what, what you do is you pick it. It has a, in your app under general, it, it lists a whole bunch of chronographs that they have out now. Because, here, here I'll, I'll read them to you. I have it on my phone. So it's literally under device. You have the pocket FX chronograph, which we all know about. You have the archery version, which is the FX pocket chronograph for archery. The pocket V2. I don't know which one this is. Hmm. It says FX pocket chronograph V2. Is that the version two? Something new we don't know about? One would think. And then you have, it's labeled FX TB, the FX true ballistic chronograph. So when you click on that, it... Uh, Gives you all your units, your audio, everything. So it's mm. it's all set up on your app. Here, I might cool. be able, it might you might be able to see it. Mm. Yeah, sort of. Um, but it's all right there, and there's a new version. Wow. I think it's like one point eight two now, which I like. It doesn't because it would get a little glitchy every now and then, and not mm. pick up shots with the regular pocket chronograph. But I have no idea well, how much I it is though. So that's everyone's going to ask that. I think that um, glitchiness of the original pocket chrono can generally be attributed to the very narrow aperture on the radar. The aperture is that field of view that the radar is looking at. And it was so small and so tight on that unit that you literally had to have it attached to the barrel in order for it to be in line with the pellet flight. And if you had a really loopy trajectory, it could be challenging to get that within the capture window. And, um, you know, I used to hate running it hanging off the barrel because it would always inevitably affect point of aim. And that drove me crazy. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited about this. I love the, um, the fact that the cover for the whole unit snaps off and then becomes the base so mm -hmm. you can set it up on the bench. I thought that was so cool um, that, you know, it's its own packaging is actually part of the setup. Uh, well thought out. Um, I can't wait to see what they're going to charge for that. <laughs> I know, right? Now, this thing isn't just for air guns. This thing goes from one foot per second to 4,000 feet per second. So it's, yeah. you can use it for everything. So basically, a lab radar had a baby. And you don't need the microphone. Right. So, and this thing, uh, from what I heard, when the, um, I think maybe it was John talking John about it. John was Some, talking about it, yeah. Somebody from Texas was talking about it. It is continuously reading. So you don't need that input signal from the from the switch or the or the microphone to tell it when to when your shot left it's just looking at it all the time mm -hmm. sees a pellet go flying away it says hey i i know that guy i know how fast he's going yeah I, that 
I can't wait to see the price on that. And I really hope that it's um, a whole lot cheaper than the Labrador. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that thing's like six, 700 bucks. Yeah. It's an investment and it's big. It's yep. big and bulky. Um, and you got to buy that $50 microphone. Right. This thing is uh, pretty compact. It's got the integrated cover and it goes like 12 hours on a, on a charge. Mm-hmm. And that what's really cool is that it's it's lithium ion powered, so it's you can just charge it up on your USB cable, and and have another twelve hours of of fun on the bench. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I that that is uh, that's pretty cool. I'm happy with that. I hear you. That could be um, what I call that, like making sure that you're not cheating on certain competitions, because they can just have that. And it could see everyone. So while you're shooting your competition, I'm just thinking at RMAC, one could be above every bench or at every bench. And you can get all of your information. And it can verify that this person was using uh, this person was using slugs. Bill, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> hey, why do you immediately blame me for that? They're called Patrick? halos. Huh. They're called halos. You know, the FX halo. The mis- have the mis- we seen those yet? They're still in heaven. They're they're uh, still they're still up there somewhere. Oh, I don't okay. know. Every everyone was. In fact, I got a couple emails on that. Have you heard seen the halos? I go just in church. <laughs> 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 so I don't know what's going on with those, but uh, it is what it is with that. It's uh it's what we call FX time. <laughs> well, you know, and uh, I. I'm an FX fanboy. I'll not make any excuses there. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I do believe John has the best hair in the airgun industry. Mm-hmm. Um, will not dispute that. Uh, I think Frederick um, does an amazing job bringing us really cool stuff. But here comes the here comes the caveat. Um, I'm a little disillusioned with the over promising and under delivering um you know this time last year we saw all kinds of really cool stuff that was going to come out for the fx impact Mm -hmm. um i'm still not i'm not seeing a lot of that in the mainstream yet and i get it you know we had a challenging year with supply chain and um getting stuff i i understand but Gosh, keep us updated, you know, FX. Maybe uh maybe tell us, hey, this this probably isn't gonna happen. We we looked at it and and it's too expensive or we can't get it made or whatever it is, tell us the truth. Mm-hmm. Don't um, don't put all that stuff in front of us and then not say anything about it anymore. Um do a, you know, my only critique I guess is do a better job of letting the shooting community know what's real and what isn't real yeah and what our expectations should be correct so the the other thing speaking of fx that that caught my eye but not for me um is the new panthera panthera panther if you yeah it's like it's like my friend tony in brooklyn you know he got this panthera yeah, yeah. Uh, although although like, like he's got a lisp you know if you look at at keith's gun on 68 whiskey 
His mm-hmm. literally says Panther, and they should have stopped there. I think someone slipped and added some letters, but whatever. Well, what's <laughs> funny is I, I, I don't know if I heard this well enough or not, but when you hear John talking about it on some of the coverage from SHOT Show, he leaves the H off. He says Pantera. I think most Americans do. They're like, no, it sounds like he got a lift. Not, not, not putting know. that H in there. <laughs> yeah, Pantera. They're going back to the 70s. You know, whatever. Pretty cool gun. Pretty cool gun. Well, Pantera uh, was a good band, too. It was yeah. a good band. And, uh, I really love the Di Tommaso Pantera, uh, which was a Ford-powered uh, Italian car. So. So, so, like, the, real quick on these things. The only one that shoots pellets and very light slugs is the 500. Um, the 600 and the 700 is slug only, so it's the it's the it's a heavy liner. It's not easy, I'm told, to change the barrels. Um, it's very specific built, and it's for PRS, precision rifle shooting. Um, I'm a little confused on why it's a Kentucky long gun at 700 millimeter. I mean, it's freaking long like is that and i'm being funny because it's like you could put it like right up to the target and and pop it (laughs) i don't know but uh the thing is attack driver but what i really like about it and i've talked to a lot of people and i'm like just chill you're missing the big picture here there's a new block on the market that whole block is different you're, you can run really high pressures. You have a quick fire, a new valve. Everything on that is new. And the power it's creating is ridiculous. And the how other efficient it is. is this, they, they've also unlocked the Holy Grail. This is something that the air gun industry has tried to do uh, many times and failed. And that is to get the, the plenum on that gun surrounds the barrel. Mm-hmm. So that reservoir is enormous for the plenum, bigger than anything I've ever seen on an air gun. And that's going to make it a tack driver for four slugs and for that 700 millimeter fishing pole you call a barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's that, that part of the design I really applaud. I, I, uh, that, that's something that, Air gun industry has tried many times and failed um, to get that air reservoir surrounding the barrel so you don't give up all that space. And by putting that little tiny bottle uh, back on the on the cheek piece, you know, they're able to make the front end of that gun very sleek. Mm-hmm. And that's really only important if you're shooting PRS because you know it, you're, you're on barricades you're on this you're on that and do you really want the weight of your gun I, I know a lot of the fx guns have extensions for the lower rail that come off the block but um you know i don't want to rest on my air reservoir for that kind of use you know on the regular and i, I think the panther is you've got a really cool design mm-hmm. element you know if if you ask me if i would own one no, I don't shoot PRS. There's absolutely no point um, for me to own that gun. And, you know, I, I can appreciate it from a distance. And, uh, you know, it, it's just not something I'd be in the market for. But if I shot PRS, 
you bet it would be at the top of my list of what I would consider. Mm -hmm. I think the 500 um, is a good hunting gun, if you would. It's pretty light and whatnot. Not too long, you know. But that... Yeah, but you only get 11 shots per Well, it's shooting pellets, so it gets more. It gets a lot more. Okay. Because you're not having to push it so hard. The the plenum is smaller because it's meant for the lighter slugs. But it's going to be cool to see that that block in something like you know like looking like a like in a grs stock like a crown mm. you know kind of kind of kind of scenario there it'll be interesting to see because there's been there's been rumors that they're going to come out with some hunting versions so we'll see what happens but the block itself is revolutionary and the way that all of that is so you know yeah we'll see that's cool stuff um what else? Uh, so, I actually picked up one of these. Do tell. I did. Yeah. And Bonnie actually liked it. So, it was, it was a win-win. And um, I love the name because I saw, I saw this influencer. He makes me laugh. Uh, I can't think of his channel right now. But he it's called the Omerex No-Toes. He says No-Toes. So, I always call it the No-Toes now. But it's No-Toes. It's a little carbine. It's, I think, 20, the barrel length's 11.75 inches long. The whole thing is, eh, I think it's right around 20, 25 inches, right around there. Um, it weighs four pounds by itself. Wow. It's regulated. Um, the fact that it's regulated. It's regulated. And at that price point. Okay. Is what makes this truly interesting. Two two hundred and sixty-five bucks for because there's a lot of really expensive guns out there that are still not regulated. Correct. Like I don't understand where you're going with this. Yeah, the, the, I just I, I saw a couple reviews, people shooting it, and then I, I went on a, a couple websites, and I'm like, seven hundred feet per second, thirteen foot pounds. Like, I'm not gonna do it that. You know, I mean, planking in the basement or whatever. I'm like, eh, you know. Well, then, I, then I saw some reviews where it's getting 750 feet per second or so with an 18 grain pellet. I'm like, well, that's more that, that's more like 20 foot pounds. Um, and honestly, in that 13 to 20 foot pound range, Patrick, is perfect for rats. Yeah. I mean, absolutely perfect. And by the way, remind me um, to tell you about my new recipe for rat attractant that can be used on traps and hunting those evil, evil creatures. Um, <laughs> we'll Cause it, it works really well. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, definitely. So like, like the technical specs on this is it's got Weaver Picatinny. That's a big plus for me. I hate dovetail. I love oh, yeah. that. I'm with you there. Um, I, I think, I think we should start admonishing the air gun industry for even putting dovetails on guns to this in this day and age. Why, why are you doing this? Correct. Correct. Um, it's shrouded, and it has a suppressor. That works. Uh, I was wow. quite shocked. It's a 250 bar or 3,625 PSI fill. Now, you get 21 regulated shots. After that, you can technically go up to 40 
they say? I'm going to tell you, I did five say? magazines, and there's seven shots per mag. That's about it. It really starts dropping pretty good after that. And that's that was that was all done at 25 yards. Um, so a couple numbers on that that I was getting on mine, and I'll tell you a little trick on the back of it. So 18.13 grain, this is the FX and the JSB and the H&M. 793 average. Mm. That's 25.32 foot-pounds on mine in Ohio at about 1,200 above sea level. Now, I wanted to make sure this thing shot Hades because this would be a great pester. Mm-hmm. 15.89 Hades, 810. Damn. Average, 23.16. That's more than enough to open those up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm calling this a 15 to 45 yard gun with sure. an ethical kill. Now, we did an episode on pesting that if you can't put five shots in a in the size of a half dollar, too far for you or for the mm-hmm. gun. Um, could it shoot farther? Probably. You could probably do 100 yard hitting paper. Knocking little yeah. soldiers over what at that point you're kind of like an artillery guy, you know. Yeah, it's, kind of... you know. Um it's quiet, I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Uh it's easy for the backpack. You can technically take the stock off, you can unscrew it. Um when you unscrew it, because it's it can also be a pistol. So they sell pistol grips for this thing and open sights, high vis open sights. Uh, the one thing I will say is you cannot use the open sights when you put the stock on. You would need a drop down, and then you would be able to because you can't you can't get your your head down far enough to see them. Have to have a scope on it. So I personally have a Bugbuster three to twelve by thirty two. Perfect. That thing yeah. is perfect. E- even out to forty five yards, I'm still <laughs> shooting nickel nickel groups. There's no need to put, you know, high level glass on that gun. It's just not, it's not going to benefit you, the shooter, very much. No. And, um, you know, as much as uh, some of us don't like the UTGs very much, um, it's it's a great little scope for that application. I have them on some of my pest rigs and they, they work just fine. You know what you could put on it? What? A prismatic scope. <laughs> <laughs> I've been running immerse optics. I got a 10 by 24. That that would be perfect on this. Zero eye relief. If you want a little bit of eye relief, you get the 5 by 24. But you don't know this, but I just picked up a 14 by 50. Their big prismatic scope for a steel on Airgun Nation. Definitely a shop there. Um, I could see the whole darn tree. <laughs> I could see everything. It's absolutely awesome. And the clarity of that thing is ridiculous. Um, so the no-toes, iguana gun. I'm going to go all day long. Now, the jury's out on how long it will last. But I think it's going to last a while. Hmm. Um, it, it looks to be very well built. Um, the trigger, first stage, is long. But you can adjust the second stage. And from the factory, it's 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 like oh my god no, um, 
it's it's I would call it horrible, but predictable. But when you screw that screw in, and you get that wall just that little bit more, pop every time, pop, 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 and there's, it's wonderful for what it is. It's no FX trigger, but if I'm shooting nickel groups at 44 yards, 45 yards, I think now it's pretty is, good. is this um. Is this a bolt gun or is this a semi or what, what's going on there? So it's a side, it's got a little, like a lever, like on the AP-16. So mm -hmm. it sits flush on the left-hand side. You grab it, pull it out. It pulls the bolt, which is why actually. Why would anybody put anything on the left-hand side? That's why. Well, if you ask me, that's the proper side for a right-handed <laughs> shooter. For us lefties, it sucks because mm -hmm. now I got to take my hand off. And cock the thing and bring it back. So it's 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 not quick. It can be, but it's not quick. It, Got it. It is what it is. Um, no, you can't flip it and all of that. Um, the one thing is is the magazines. They're cute little magazines. You mm -hmm. got your little clear top. There's uh, they're made out of aluminum, so they're well built. But there's a little screw that I want everyone to know about. So there's a. Right here, there's a little screw hole. Let's see if I can right. get light in there. That's adjustable. There's a little type of set, we'll call it a set screw, but it's actually got a little ball bearing that pushes on the lid. You can mm -hmm. hear that. Okay. You can adjust that. I'm going to tell you this. You need to get yourself some blue Loctite. And you need to put some on there. And you need to screw it in and get it to where this is a solid click all the way through and let them sit. For, I didn't know that at first. So I went out, was shooting. I'm like, oh, my lid. It's just flipping all over the place, you know? I thought it was the center screw. Nope. Hmm. That's a set screw. So I pulled it out. I took a little ballastol on the end of a toothpick just to lube it up inside because I'm weird. And then I screwed it in, and we've been golden. Drop them in the bag. Keep them in your pocket. It's a seven-round magazine. Only shoots nice. 22 caliber. It's a win-win-win. That's what I'm going to say all the way across. You know, Patrick, um, I have an idea. Uh-oh, what you got? I think that you and I should uh, get two identically prepared notos. And we should come up with some kind of a cool contest that we can see uh, who rules the notos and who doesn't. The notos king. I will warn you that my last name is Rule, so you, you might you might have a disadvantage there. Well, I might just schmitz all over that. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds like a that sounds like a plan. That sounds like, so. I'm going to put it out there. You can go on the Facebook page. You can email. Uh, Facebook page is Airgun Geeks. I think we're up to like I don't know, like 1,300 people already. It's absolutely crazy. Just PM me or put out there some uh, some challenges you want Bill and I to do. And if you want to join, because you have a no toes or no toes, um, join us. And we'll put them on the Facebook page and we'll, and we'll go from there. So, yeah, uh, now we got to find you a no toes. Yep. So and, you know, I, I want to point out that we're not all about super high end guns here on this no. podcast. We do. We do come down and talk about some uh, 
some more accessible products as well. And I think this is a great example. And this, you know, honestly, on my farm, this would have definitive application for pest control um, of the rodent persuasion. Well, I, I know it. Uh, I ended up uh, taking a rabbit at, what was it, just about 40 yards the other day with it. And I'm in a place where you can't really shoot. No one heard anything. And uh, I was Nothing actually here. <laughs> I actually put on uh, my NV100, my last leaf, NV100. And I ended up getting a hold of, I think his name's Moog. He's over at uh, Eagle Vision. Mm-hmm. And I got the universal clamp. So I could pull that thing on and off, no problem. And put it on any scope versus that crazy band that they have, and you got to leave it on there. Um, so that was in complete darkness, and not even the dogs barked. And there's a lot of dogs where I'm at, and I went and got the rabbit and put it out. And I was waiting for a coyote later, but shh, don't tell the wife because there's a lot of them by us. But uh, but yeah, I yeah. wouldn't go after the coyote with the notos, but uh, no, no, I wouldn't no. either. So, that uh, that sounds like a plan. Mm. Okay. Challenge accepted. Excellent. All right, cool. All right, well, is there is there any final words you want to give, Bill, before we go? After- well, one thing I, I wanted to share um, with our listeners is a recipe that I have come up with that I'll be doing a video on shortly, but I wanted Airgun Geeks to have the exclusive on this. Oh. Um, I... I actually got the basis for this recipe from a a UK pest control expert. And then I kind of tweaked it myself. Um, And it is absolutely lethal on rats and mice. And it plays to, um, they, they have to eat like one and a half times their body weight per day in food in order to remain vibrant. That's how ridiculously fast their metabolism is. Mm-hmm. And you, this attractant works so well because it plays to everything that they crave. Not much different than the Western food industry preys upon us humans uh, by using the sweet and salty combination to get us to buy that sticker bars at the checkout you know that's very very calculated the way that the way that is done um we can do the same thing to rodents and what i do with this recipe is equal parts peanut butter and what's important here is buy the old crappy peanut butter that our moms used to feed us when we were kids don't don't go to the grocery store and get like uh, all natural blah blah no sugar added. We don't want that. We want we want Jif or Skippy or one of those brands that had all of the sugar added to it, uh, <laughs> and it is ridiculously unhealthy for humans. Uh, we're not we're not here to look after the uh, the health of the rat. We're here to uh, to get them to come and spend time over our target. So anyway, you start with this peanut butter, um, again, low-end peanut butter and Nutella. And you mix those in equal parts, and it's very, very thick. It's very viscous. And if you're going to shoot over it as bait, like 
you're going to set up your air gun in a hide and you're going to you're going to devastate some some rodents you want to thin it down you want to thin it down with some olive oil and what that's going to do is make this kind of like soupy in consistency and you put it in a little uh like a waste lid from a jar or something just put it in there and then what i like to do is put some of it out two or three nights before i'm going to hunt them so they get used to this treat that appears you know uh, manna from heaven all of a sudden there's this cap full of really good stuff that absolutely geeks them out internally and makes them really want it you do that one or two nights before you hunt over that location you will clean their clocks because uh, once you establish that that bait and they know where it is and that it's going to appear every day um, the night you decide to hunt you will devastate them um, so that's the version for hunting with bait and then I also have a version of this that I make for traps. Um, and it's a little bit different in that the needs for uh, back to the back to the bait. You want them to spend time over the bait. That's why you thin it out. Rats and and mice don't like to be exposed. So they will mm -hmm. they will they will get a little bit of, of bait and then scurry away to go eat it. They can't. If you thin this down right, um, they can't. They have to stay there. They have to stay over the bait. And that's your opportunity. I mean, it gives you all the time in the world to get your shot. You're not racing to uh, to get them as they transverse back and forth. So that's the bait version. The trap version, I just start adding a little bit of cornmeal to the mixture mm -hmm. until it really starts to thicken up. And then I'll put a little bit of honey in there as well to make it really sticky and tacky because otherwise... It's just a lot of oil in there and, and cornmeal. And it once the cornmeal absorbs the oil, it really is kind of not sticky. So the honey gives it a little bit more uh, adhesion to the paddles on the traps. And I did a test in my shop where I was starting to get uh, starting to get some of my rodent friends were starting to move in and have their way with my with my work area, which I'm not going to tolerate. Um I did a little comparison between the little Victor snap traps with the yellow plastic. Uh, no need to bait this. It's it's all good. It'll attract them. I did a shootout between those traps and my attractant slash bait. Um, none of them touched the yellow traps while my bait was out. <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of of traffic that I had and dead rats in my traps was ridiculous. Um, so it, it is definitely a great solution. And, um, you know, look for the video on the target forge channel coming up and, um, yeah, go, go try some and, uh, tell me if you, if you have an additive that you think makes a lot of sense. Um, but I'll tell you, this stuff is absolute gold. Good to know. Good to know. It's hard to keep them rats in one spot. Yeah. So, cool. Now, didn't Target Forge come out with something new? We did. And we talked about it, I think, a little bit last year. Yeah. But never never launched it. Uh, they are on the website now. And they are range markers. Ooh. 
they're inexpensive. You're not going to cry if your kid sucks one into the into the lawnmower or something like that. Um, they do have a galvanized steel rod, so they're quite rugged. And you can mark off your range, your home range in your backyard. Uh, each set comes with markings from ten to from ten to a hundred uh, in ten yard increments, and they're ridiculously cheap. I think it's like twenty bucks for the whole kit. And um, yeah, they are they are a great way to measure once, and then you know how to put your targets out after that because you don't have to sit there and and figure out what range you want to practice at. So. Um, they are pretty cool. They look great. They are UV stable. They're actually designed to be outside. We put a lot of attention into the inks and the materials that were used to make them and worked with a professional sign company to make these. So they will, they will hold up to use. And if they get wrecked or whatever, they're cheap to replace. So check those out on the Target Forge website. Sounds good. I got a pair and I, I got a set and I love them. They work great. Awesome. All right. Well, Bill, thanks for taking some time. Everyone else, thanks for taking some time. Um, we're all excited here at the Airgun Geek podcast to get up and going again in 2023. Uh, the podcast uh, just had its birthday. I don't know if you knew this, Bill. Very nice. But no, it was I on didn't... the 26th. So we have been breathing a little bit on life support for a little bit, but uh, for for two years now. For nice. two years now, we are officially, I think, on every continent. Um, and it's it's great when I get emails that I have to translate. Um, it's it's fun. Thank God for Google. Um, so with that, remember, you know, airgungeeks at gmail.com. If you got any ideas, comments, concerns, um, please, please don't be afraid to email. Also join the Airgun Geeks uh, podcast. Make sure you follow. Um, I think Apple's the only one where you can leave a comment. We're always looking for comments on the podcast and join the Facebook group. And it's just type in Airgun Geeks and it should come up. You'll see these beautiful glasses. And remember, our Mac is coming up. The dates have been announced for the beginning of January. You can go to Utah Airguns to find that. And registration opens, I think it's right around the middle of March. Uh, but you can go on the uh, Utah Air Guns, um, and and remember that it's going to start to matter if you've participated in any pro air events correct. to get a ranking. Especially, I think they're going to start this year with the speed shooting registration being limited to ranked pro air shooters. So make sure that you go attend some events and. Put the hammer down and uh, and get ranked because if you don't, you won't even be able to sign up for those spots. Yeah, not all of them. I don't think you're doing all of them that way yet, but eventually that will become mm -hmm. the way forward. You will have to have a pro air ranking in order to um, to enter RMAC or any of the big contests. Correct. And you got. To, I I don't know if you knew about this, but there's the Northeast. Air Gun Challenge that's going on in April. Uh, you can find that on Air Gun Nation. Um, I don't have the exact date, so I do apologize. I forgot about it. I just remembered about it right now. But Where's is, that going to be, Patrick? Do you it's know? in New Hampshire at the SIG Arms Firing Range. Wow. So, yeah, 100-yard 
Uh, I think they're doing speed. They're doing something. I forget what it's called. A, uh, a bomb squadron or something like that. But they're also saying, make sure you bring a gun for very long range. Hmm. So hmm, we'll see. But uh, I know for a fact, Air Gun Geeks podcast will be at RMAC. That's already established. Uh, Bill's going to be there as far as I know. Hopefully, God willing. And uh, of course, I'll be there. But uh, my goal is to compete. So hopefully, uh, we'll get some air gun pellets out the, out the front of a barrel and see how good of a shot I am. But with all of that, it's going to be tons of fun. All right. Well, thank you all for your time. And catch us here in two weeks with the next one. And like always, stay geeky.